And we're going to start with verse 4. And we're talking about the goodness running out of us. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're going to start with verse 4. Psalms 30, verse 4. <laughs> Very familiar scripture. Um, I was, I, I, a couple of, uh, a month or two ago, God had gave me this. And uh, it, it's always great to know that there's confirmation on your word. Um, the week after God gave me this word, that started talking about running with endurance. All right. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, start right with verse four. Now let's 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 read it together. It says, "Ready, read. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His. Give thanks to the remembrance of His glory. His anger is for a moment." His favor is for life. We may endure for his joy comes in the morning. <laughs> All right, so it said, verse 5 says, weeping. No, I apologize. <laughs> it says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If I had to give you a title today, I, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, stop crying. Stop your morning is coming. I said, stop crying. Your morning is coming. Stop feeling stressed. Your morning is coming. Stop stressing out. Your morning is coming. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise for that. Father, we thank you and we bless you and we praise you today, God. For God, we know that your goodness and your mercy <laughs> follows us all the days of our lives, Lord God. And we thank you now, Lord God, for what you're going to do in this place, what you've already done, what you're doing now, and what you're going to do. Now, Father, I ask you now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, fill these lips with clay, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Allow me to speak, God like an article of you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I ask you to move by your power in your spirit. Have your way in me today. Have your way in me today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we will continue to give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Hallelujah. Your morning is coming. Your morning is coming. Um, I looked around the room and I, I, what I, I, I look around, especially when I'm not singing in the front, in the front. I, I like looking around the room to see who's, who's with us when we're praising God. Because um, what I understand is that we do have people who, have, who feel like praises. What you mean by that? Well, there's sometimes people don't feel like praising them. I, I don't feel like giving God glory. I don't feel like giving God praise. I don't feel like doing anything with pertains goodness, his goodness. I don't, I don't feel like it. Now, I'm just one of those ones who believe that if God didn't feel like doing something for us, all the times we didn't feel like doing something for him, we'll all probably be in trouble. Uh, I, that, that's how I feel. And there's, there's times when I understand that you don't feel like it because you might be going through something. But I come to tell you today that 
that's the best time to give him what you have. That's the best time to give God your, your biggest praise. But once again, like I said earlier, it's easy to praise God when you ain't going through nothing. It's easy to praise God when you got what you, you wanted or you desired. Yes, there's a trip. The, the, the Bible talks about that. You know, um, uh, uh, when the hope deferred makes the heart sick. But, but when, when it comes, it's a tree of life, meaning that you're very joyful. Yes, it, it talks about that. But you have to get to a point where whether I feel like it or not, because he deserves the praise, he deserves my glory, he deserves the glory, he deserves the honor, I'm going to give it to him no matter how I feel. And we're going to talk about our brother David, because this was David who, who wrote this when he talks about his anger for him, his, God's anger is for a moment, uh, but his favor is for life. And we're going to get into all that right now. But this is our brother David. And at this point in time, David, at this point in time, was doing a dedication of his house. He was dedicating his house. And knowing, and I know for a fact, David was dedicating the house to the Lord. He got something new and he dedicated it to the Lord. How many of, of us do that? How many of us, when we get that, that house, what, or we get that car, or we get whatever, we dedicate it to the Lord? Some of us, some of us do. Some of us forget, forget that it was God who gave it to us. But David always remembered everything that he got what came from the Lord. No matter if David did wrong or no matter if David did right, God was still giving him his goodness and his mercy. All right? So let's talk about David for just a few minutes. We're going to go. Just, I, I, first of all, I, I didn't give this to the media. Let's, let's talk about who David was, first of all. Okay? Let's go to 1 Samuel 16. Hallelujah. Joy is coming. Your peace is coming. Your, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. All right, so 1 Kings 16, and I'm, I'm going to give you 1 Samuel. My apologies. 1 Samuel, please forgive me. Thank you all very much for correcting me. <laughs> That's good. That's good, though. I like that. All right, so 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, this is when David was becoming, uh, getting anointed as king. Okay? Now, at this point in time, David was only 15 years old, around that time, around that age. He was only about 15 years old. All right? Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself. From the age of 15 to the age of 30, David was waiting on the manifestation of, of being appointed king. He was already anointed king, but he was waiting to be appointed king. All right? So there was some time. That was 15 years of time. And when, we, when I look, when we're going to talk about this, you're going to see what David had to go through and all the situations that he went through before he came king, all right? But before then, he, he, uh, king, um, uh, Samuel, Samuel came to the house, to Jesse's house, his father. Samuel was looking for the king because the Lord told him to go to Jesse's house to anoint the, to anoint the king. Jesse, he brings seven of his sons. He has eight. He brings seven of his sons for Samuel to look at. Not one of those was the king. 
So Samuel said, hey, is there another one that you have? Because I know I'm in the right place. I know I'm in the right place. God brought me here, so I know I'm in the right place. But I'm not, that, these are not the right people. I'm in the right place, but these are not the right people. So he said, yes, I got another son. He's out there. He's my youngest. And he's out there tending the sheep. And Samuel said, before we do anything, I need you to bring him here. When he brought him, once again, he was about between 14 and 15 years old, young guy, all right? And God told Samuel, this is it. This is him. Now, the Bible says this. After he anointed him, said that the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. All right? Now, we're going to pick up where the Bible talks about Saul, the King Saul at that moment time, having a distressing spirit, okay? And this is verse 18. This is verse 18, okay? And this is, this is what they said about David. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. So she just described who David was. He, just the servant, just described who David was. All right? Now, this is at the age of 15. Okay? He said that he is skillful in heart. He's a, mu he's a musician. And as we know that he's a praise and worshiper. Okay? Not only that, he said that he's a mighty man of valor. He's a man of war. So... We talking about a guy who don't mind killing you, but then will praise God at the same time. A true killer. You might not look at him as a killer because, hey, you know, he, he didn't kill unless he had to, but he did. Right? So he is a true killer. And look, hey, I'm a man all fully, but I don't know if I'm how David was. How that warrior, he was a warrior. And I haven't seen nobody else, they, they can talk about anybody else in this, this world or whatnot, but I haven't seen a true warrior like David. We talking about David who was 16, 17 years old when he go against a giant and defeats him. That's Goliath. He was still a teenager at that point in time. Y'all know that, right? He was just a kid. Not only that, he now become a captain of an army before he was 20. Ready for war. Going to war. Killing before the age of 20. This is David we're talking about here. Okay? Now, at the same time, because Saul now done got jealous, because he, he, hears a, he hears people talking about David has killed his 10,000 and Saul has killed his 1,000. Now he's getting jealous and he has envious in his heart. Now he's getting mad at the, the young man who always calmed his spirit down. He was the one who, he, Saul, uh, David loved Saul like it was his father. And the Bible said that every time that Saul got a distressing spirit, David would come and play some worship music, and, and all of a sudden, that spirit would just die. 
But now because he's jealous and envious of David, he's now trying to kill David. This is all going on before the age of 30. All right. Now, so we've talked about him being a skillful man. We've talked about him going. He, he went to the, the palace. He was, he was uh, Saul's armor bearer, meaning that he stood beside him. He, wherever Saul went, David was there with him. Wherever, what was, whatever Saul decided to do, David was right there beside him doing it. This is who David was. Every time Saul get mad about something, David's there to comfort him. This is who David was. Right? He goes from that to being Saul's enemy for no apparent reason. Then goes from that, from being from a captain for Saul's army to being a captain to some misfits. And I, I'll put myself in the misfit category. Can we go? Can we go there for a second? Let's go. First, First Samuel twenty-two. Let's go there. First Samuel twenty-two, verse one. Twenty-two, verse one. First Samuel twenty-two, verse one. Y'all, and listen now, this is all going on before he 30. This is before he became king, okay? This is what it says. It says that David therefore departed there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And there when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everybody who was in debt, everybody who was discontented, gathered to him, so he became captain over them. Distress and debt, discontented, misfits. Nobody wanted them. No, matter, they, they was in debt. Matter of fact, people probably wanted to kill them because they owed them something. But what he decided was, you know what? I'm going to go to David because I know his spirit. He had, he's, he's a man of valor. He's a man of war. And the Lord is with him. So why not go with somebody where the Lord is with than stand what I'm is discontented in debt? Because what I understand is if God is for us, who can be against us? If God, if God is for you, who can be against you? I don't care what it seemed like, what it looked like. If God is for you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. Alright? So, so he's he was on, he's now a, a captain over them, right? It goes to another part where the Bible says that his people wanted to kill him. If you go to 1 Samuel 30, the ones that he became captain over, now they wanted to kill him. This is all one man. He goes through all this right here. Now listen, I know that we go through stuff. Oh, I'm late on my bill. Oh, my tie just blew out. Oh, this done just happened. That done just happened. But you tell me what has happened to you, what was worse than what David just went through. That's what I'm, and I, so I'm just saying that because what I'm going to go through today Obviously, it's okay that, I mean, we can allow David to, to show us what to do, right? <laughs> to show you, he said that weeping men do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I guarantee you, David, David was a killer. 
David was a praiser, but I guarantee you, David had those nights where he cried. I obviously, he did because he went out and said, weeping may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a night. Crime may endure for a night. Hurt may endure for a night. Disappointment may endure for a night. Me getting mad may endure for a night. He, he understood that's going to happen. But joy is coming in the morning. And like I told you before, your morning is coming. Your morning is coming. You are on the breakthrough of a morning. I'm telling you now, hallelujah. 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 So, let's go through this real quick. Let's go through these, these, these few points about this Psalms 30, verses 4, 5. First thing we see that it says that God's anger is for a moment. How many parents I have in here? Have you ever got angry with your child? <laughs> Question. Have you ever got angry with your child? You have? Now, when you got angry with your child, was it forever? It wasn't? Now, how many... How many times can you say you got angry with your child? You can't even count them, right? Can't even count them. Now, we might have some aunties in here who, who, may, have, who, who may have dealt with their, their nephew or niece. And you may have gotten angry with them. Right? The Bible, that David said this right here, though. He says that the Lord's anger is but for a moment. He said, so he said that God gets angry. How many times have we done something wrong that you know? God, you, you don't think God got angry about that? You think God just is like, oh, yeah, they did it. Mm, I'm going to let it in. No, 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 no. He got angry. But because we had Jesus on his right side showing him, look. It was these nails right here, that's for what that mistake right there. This crown of thorns, what I had on my, that's for that mistake what he did. That's why his anger was just for a moment. Because all he had to do was look to his right hand and see. You have a mediator right there. You have, a, you have an intercessor right there saying, hey, God, yes, they did it, but I took it. 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 They did it. Be angry for a minute, sir. So he says, but for a moment. But he comes back and say his favor. Whew, his favor is for a lifetime. So he might have been angry with you, but he still has his favor on you. Come on now, you, you know, now you know that that's a job that you got that you should not have. You know that you got a promotion and you know you shouldn't have it. You know you don't got a raise and you know you shouldn't have it because God favored you. It wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of your skills. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come, come, come on now. Listen. 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 I've, told my, I've told my story. I didn't know how to speak until I was about five, six years old. And then I had a stuttering problem because I, didn't, I, I couldn't get it. And, and still today, I still, 
still don't speak as elegant as people need to speak. I don't. But how can somebody who the teachers in fourth grade said he should be dead or in jail before he's 15 becomes the teacher of the year? How does that happen? Because God favored me. So his anger might have been for a moment, but he still favored me. Even though I made a made mistake, he still favored me. I'm telling you today that he favors you. God favors you. His grace is upon you. He favors you for lifetime. We're not talking about for two weeks. We're not talking about two years. He's talking about every day. All of my life you have been faithful. All of my life you've been so, so good. He's been good. His goodness is running after me. His favor is running after me. His mercy is running after me. Come on now. So check, so check, check, check this out. Check this out. Y'all, I, I, <laughs> I, I like telling stories, so check it out, check it out. Okay, so when me and my wife met each other, I was in Kissimmee, I was in Kissimmee Florida. Do everybody know what Kissimmee, Florida is? It's right down the street, Orlando. It's about an hour and 15 minutes, all right? Now, now listen to this. I was teaching, I was teaching at a school in, in St. Cloud, Kissimmee, St. Cloud, right? I met my wife. She was in St. Pete, okay? I'm trying to figure out how can I get to St. Pete? All right, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out, okay, my wife, my, at that point in time, my, my friend who I'm trying to get to know, I'm trying to get close to you. But anyway, <laughs> hey, so, 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 so I'm trying to figure out what to do. Now, at that time, I did not know they was building a sister school, that means a school that's connected to my, my, my school in Kissimmee, I didn't know at that point in time they were building a school in Tampa. I did not know at that point in time. When we started, when we started talking, I did not know they was building a school in Tampa. So when we got engaged, I found out they was building a school in Tampa. And they have something called transfer. All right? Now I'm going to show you the favor of God. Listen to this favor right here. All right, so... So I decided to do a transfer to Tampa. At that point in time, not knowing if our relationship was gonna work or not. But I had I had faith that, hey, this was my wife, God, you don't say it was my wife, but hey, I'm believing in that. Right? All right, so that was about in that was about in uh, uh, a March of that, that year. Now normally when you find a transfer, they, they'll tell you to transfer in about a couple of weeks, tell you that you approved it. Weeks went by, I didn't get approved. Weeks, months went by, I didn't get approved. The last day of school, the principal brought me in, and she said, hey, I just want to tell you that you got your transfer. Now, that was almost four months later, right? All right. Now, let me show you how God worked, though. Let me show you how he worked this thing. So I get to the school. And I'm still there now today because God ain't told me to leave yet. 
I get to the school. I come to find out the holdup was because of the position that I, I, I applied for, they had already put somebody in that position. Wow. They already gave somebody that position, right? But this is what God did. Because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't new to the system, and the one that they did was who they did put in that position was new. They said, you know what, let's see if the girl, because it was a young lady, let's see if the young lady has another position that she can do, and we want to put him there. God's favor. Because what happened was, I'm there today. Now, the young lady went to another position, but she didn't know that that was the reason why. I didn't know that was the reason why. But when they told me, I understood God favored me. Now, I don't know about you, and I'm just telling part of my testimony. I know there were some promotions that you know that you didn't qualify for. That you know that you didn't go to school for. That you, li- listen, this, uh, this. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right, so this year, this, this year, listen, listen to me now, this year, this year, last year, last year, I'm not qualified to be the dean of my school. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. Okay? I'll dean decide to leave. So I sent an email. Hey, listen, hey, I'm just letting you know, hey, if you need someone to be the dean right at this moment, I don't mind doing it. This is favor, though, when you are close to the principal. Because when the principal first got there, she was a fourth grade teacher, and I brought her into my family. Now she remembered what I did for her when she first got to the school. So, so what happens is, she said, listen, I'm, I'm, we don't have a dean right now, and I know we're, we're already, we're, we've already hired somebody as the dean, but it's going to be a couple of weeks before he get here. He said, she said, can you take care of that? I said, sure, why not? I said, sure, why not? So I, I stepped into the dean's position, all right? But when I stepped into the dean's position, she told me, hey, listen, um, I'm going to be honest with you. You can be the dean, but you're not going to make as much money now as you're making what you're doing right now. I said, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> so I didn't take that position, but every time they need somebody to step in, they calling me. Because God favors me. I don't qualify for the position. But God has qualified me. That's the only qualification you need. If God qualified you for something, God, you, you, that's you. Hallelujah. All right, all right. So favor forever. <laughs> I got stuck on my phone, my boy. <laughs> but the next point said that weeping may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a night. 
Now, we talked about what dad talked about endurance, and he talked about what endure means. It means that you're going through, meaning that you're not stand, staying there, but you're going through. Right. Weeping may endure for a night. That means that it's temporary. That means that it don't live with you. That means it's not paying rent. It's not your roommate. Have you ever, I'm, I, I, I'm just, <laughs> let me ask this question. You ever had somebody who came to come stay with you and they supposed to stay just for about one night, one, one day, one night, you know, spend the night, and then you wake up maybe about two, three weeks later and they still there? Have anybody ever had that experience? No, they, they don't, they, they didn't supposed to be, they don't supposed to be there but for a day, but, but for some reason that day turned into another week or two or three. I come to tell you that your weeping don't supposed to live there. It don't supposed to reside there. You don't allow it to reside there. Don't let your weeping stay. Kick your weeping out. You tell your soul, soul, this will be the last time I cry tears of sorrow, tears of distress, tears of destruction, tears of sadness, tears, tears, tears. This will be the last time. You are the landlord of this body. You allow what happens to your body. the crime. The morning is coming. The next time you cry, make it be cry tears of joy. Tears of peace. Tears of happiness. Tears of love. Tears of hope. Tears of success. Make it be those tears. Stop the crying. Stop the weeping. Because things have to happen. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Your joy is coming in the morning. Your peace is coming in the morning. Your breakthrough is coming in the morning. Your breakout is coming in the morning. You rejoice because you know it's coming. You don't wait until it comes. You rejoice because you know it's coming. Stop waiting for it. Stop waiting for it. You stop waiting for it. Praise God. Give God glory because you know it's coming. Give God glory because you know your breakthrough here. Give God glory because you know you're getting it. Come on, give God glory. That's when you praise him. That's when you lift your hands. Bless the Lord on my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. You know the old song, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Don't wait until it, it, it comes. Shout now. Don't wait until your breakthrough is here. Shout now. Don't wait until your peace is here. Shout now. Listen, listen, listen. Y'all know I'm a, I, I, Dad told y'all I like doing football analogies. Y'all know it. Hey, listen, listen. Listen, listen. In the, in the game of football, there's an offense and a defense, right? Now, on the defensive side, if you had the 20-yard line going, going to the end zone, let's say you got 80 yards to go, normally a defense, they'll loosen up a little bit. They'll, they'll loosen up a little bit. 
But the closer you get, the defense starts tying up. Then you get to a point when you get to the goal line. They have something called goal line defense. Everything is tight. Everything is close. Everything is close. I don't care what you're trying to do. There's somebody trying to touch on you, trying to move you, trying to bump you. I come to tell you today that some of you guys are on the goal line. Some of you guys are right there on the verge of getting that breakthrough, getting that peace, that joy that you've been seeking, getting that promise you're right there on the goal line. And what happens is the devil done tighten up a little bit. He done tried to bring everything to you that he feel like he'll make you stop. Make you stop praising. Make you go back the other way. He's doing everything he can to make you feel that way. Because he understands. He's heard the promise. He's heard the prophecy. Last week I heard that. I wasn't here last week, but I heard that prophesy saying that your worst day was today. That your last day, your worst day was today. Or something. Meaning that every other day is better than the day that you had before. The devil heard that. He understand that. And what he does is this. When he knows that you are that close, he does everything he can to stop you. He does everything he, you can. See, most defenses, they, they call a blitz. They try to bring some, somebody that you ain't blocking or you ain't have the assignment to block. They try to bring an extra man off the line to try to tackle your quarterback. But what I understand is in football, they also can have a personal protector. You can have somebody, if it's the quarterback right now, protecting your quarterback like this. I'm trying to tell you, you have a personal protector. His name is Jesus. His name is the Holy Spirit. His name is Father God. I'm telling you today, all you have to do is just keep moving. A, better, a great offense will beat a better defense every time. Every time. And y'all are just, y'all are this close. This is the end zone. You're almost there. You're almost there. And the enemy is tightening up. He's tightening up. Hallelujah. Because your joy is coming. So, 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 let's go through these other few points and we out of here. Why, why you in your night? Instead of you crying, these are a few things you should be doing. Okay? We're going to go through that. Why, this, this is how you keep that personal protection right there to keep you alive that you can keep on moving. All right? Number one, number one, don't avoid isolation. Avoid isolation. Hey, listen, this is, this is one of the major ones. Avoid isolation. You got to understand, the enemy, he comes after the weak ones. All right, the Bible talks about in 1 Peter 5 and, uh, 5 and 8, right? 5 and 8, he says, says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking, he's seeking the one who's isolated. Have, have any one of you guys ever seen the lion video? If you look at a lion video, first of all, they have, they have if they're a pride of lion, what they do is they make a plan. They don't know how they're making their plan, but they're making some kind of plan. Right? They're making a plan. What they do is, they try, if you're in a pack, if you're in a pack of people, what they try to do is, they try to make you leave your pack 
and get isolated so you can be by yourself. And because you're by yourself, it's easy for you to get to be killed. It's easy for you to be destroyed. That's what the enemy's doing when he's roaring like a, 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 roaring like a, a lion. He's thinking he's divided. He's trying to get that person who's isolated. All right, come, come on now. Listen. I, I'm a, uh, let me testify. Again. I realized when I felt like I lost, I lost a lot about 15 years ago. I lost a lot. I felt like I lost my job. I lost, I was married before. I lost all that and, and everything. And I was in a house, I was in a town home by myself. Now, at this point in time, I was still a minister at another church. But because I didn't want to see nobody, because of the things that done happened in my life, I wanted to be home by myself. That was a no-no. That, that, that is a no-no. At that same time, I got things in my head, people don't love you. Now listen, I'm at my family home, I'm, I'm at hometown. At that moment, I had separated myself from my mom and my brothers and my sisters. Now, anybody who knows my mom, my brothers and sisters, hey, they're going to love on you. They don't mind. My, my mom was one of the ones who, if she, you'll be a stranger, she'll bring you in. That's, that's who my mom is. So I know she loved me. Now, but my mom said, I have nobody who loved me. I have nobody who want to care for me. I have nobody who want to comfort me. I have nobody like that. All right? That's wrong. That was a wrong mistake. So, of course, because I have that mentality, of course I start having suicidal thoughts. This is what isolation does. It makes you start thinking things that you know you should not be thinking. So you avoid those isolations. If you look at, if you look at Job, right? Now, Job, Job, Job went through a lot of stuff. Now, he had some friends who came to comfort him. Now, sure enough, they were saying some things they should not have been saying, if you see. But at first, they came and they cried with him. They sat there and, they sat there, they sat there and tried to comfort him while he was going through. You know what? I'm going to cry with you because you're my brother. I'm going to cry with you because you're right there. You're there with me. We're close this way. That's what you need to find. You have to find somebody like that. Because if you don't, it's going to be a problem. It will be a problem. So you had Job who found somebody, who, who friends who came to comfort him. All right? But if you cannot find nobody, <laughs> there's three people you can always call. And they will always be there. They're called the Father. They're called the Son. And they call the Holy Spirit. Remember when we were talking about David? Remember when we were talking about David? Remember when I was telling you that David got to a point where his people wanted to kill him? And he got distressed. The Bible said that David strengthened himself or encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he do that? That's a great question. He said that the Bible talked about he went to the priest, told the priest, give me the priestly robe. He knew exactly what to do to get into the presence of the Lord. He knew exactly what to do. Now listen. When you was in the world, <laughs> when you was in the world and you felt alone, you know you had a number. You probably can call 
Now, it might not have been enough. You might not have been trying to do some of the things that you were doing, but you know it was somebody you could call on. You got that? You, okay, okay, I'm by myself. Man. Don't worry about it. That's all right. Maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you don't, maybe you don't, you, you, maybe they don't know. Maybe it's just me. I knew it was a number when I felt alone. I probably can call, hey, can you, can you come over? I come to tell you, don't have Jesus on standby. Keep him on your speed dial. When you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they're safe. So don't isolate yourself. If you know you need someone, call on Jesus. That's the name you can always call on. That name is the name that's got all power. It's above every name. It's above anybody you can call on the phone. That name, Jesus. He is the one. So you can, you, you don't ever have to be alone. Matter of fact, he said, call on to me. He said, he said, he said, ask. He said, knock. He said, seek. He wants you to seek him. When you get alone, when you feel like you're alone, seek him. When you're not alone, seek him. He should always be number one. You will never be isolated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So avoid isolation. Avoid isolation. Number two, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. A lot of times what happens when we, we get to a point where we're not feeling right or we having something going on, we want to let pride come into the place. Instead of us seeking somebody who can help us, we decide we want to try to do it on our own. And that's not the time to try to do something on your own. Because every time you do something on your own, obviously, if it didn't happen before when you did it on your own, obviously, when, it, when you try to do it 30 times and it didn't happen, what you think, the 31st time going to happen? No. Seek wise counsel. You remember in the book, 2 Kings, I, I like telling I like telling the stories. I love it. I love it. Telling the stories. Second Kings four. There was a widow who her, her her kid her husband had died. Her kid were about to become slaves. She sought wise counsel. She went right to the prophet and told the prophet, Hey, listen. You know my 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 husband. He was one of your men of God. Hey, listen. I, I we don't have nothing right now. He left me in debt. And they want to take our kids. And she sought wise counsel. And what the man of God did, he gave her wisdom. He told her exactly what to do. And not only did she hear the wisdom, she did the wisdom. See, a lot of times we can also go get wise counsel, but don't listen to what, because you don't like your answer, your answer become your problem. Your answer become your problem. You don't like what you just heard, so you decide not to do what you're supposed to do, so you don't get what you're supposed to have. That's it. But she heard what the man of God said. She did what the man of God said. And the Bible said they live for the rest of their days. Do y'all get what I'm saying? So seek wise counsel. Now listen, now this is what happens when you don't seek wise counsel. There's, a, there's a, a story in the Bible. 
Second Chronicles. I, 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 I let you. I give you the the script of uh, the book, so you can go by by read it, so you won't think I'm just making it up. Okay. So I, I told you about the lady. That's Second Kings. Now we're gonna go to Second Chronicles 14, when you have the story of King Asa. Now and and in chapter 14, you have King Asa who had 300,000 army people or soldiers. We call them soldiers. Soldiers. They have 300,000 soldiers, but they're about to go to war with the Ethiopians who have 1 million soldiers. So they only have a, a little bit less than one-third of the soldiers. All right? Now, the Bible said that Asa, he sought the Lord. He fasted, and he sought the Lord. And he got an answer. He got an answer. They beat the million Ethiopians. The soldiers. But if you go to two chapters further, chapter 16, it talks about him fit to go to war again, but instead of him seeking the Lord, he decided to do his own thing. Here we go. And because he did that, a man of God came and talked to him and said, listen, when you had the million people that you had to, had to fight, didn't the Lord help you when you sought me? But now you decide that you want to do something different. And he got mad at the seer. The Bible says that he all, all of a sudden got a sickness in his foot. In his foot, these things that you walk on. Gangrene. I'm gonna call it, I'm gonna say what it was. It was gangrene. <laughs> hey, now, now instead of him, the Bible said, instead of him seeking the Lord, okay, it's right there. Look at that. On uh, 16, verse 12. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Yet, in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So that let me know that if he would have sought the Lord, he probably would have been healed. Because if you look at the next verse, it says, then he lived with his father. He died over a foot disease. We're talking about a foot disease. They wanted to make sure you made it perfectly clear that you knew. They could have just said, why didn't they just say he had a disease? They could have just said that, but they wanted to make you sure to let you know that even on a small thing, you should be seeking the Lord for. You still should be seeking the Lord over the small things. Because if you don't seek him for the small things, it can grow and it become wider and you die. Because the next day it said that and he rested with his fathers. Hallelujah. So that's what happened. Okay, so let's, let's, we're moving on along. Hallelujah. Next one, next one, next one. Next one. Stand your ground, stay in faith. Stand your ground, stay in faith. Go, let's go to Psalms 27 and 13. He had a promise. Remember, David had a promise that he was going to be king at the age of 15. He hadn't seen it yet. He didn't see it at the age of 16. He didn't see it at the age of 17. He didn't see it at the age of 27. All right? He was going through a lot of stuff. But the Bible said this. This is what David said. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have turned back. Unless I had believed that I would see 
Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. He knew it was still running after him, even though he was going through what he was going through. Even though the army was chasing him. Even though his king Saul was trying to kill him. He said that I would have lost heart, but I know that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I know that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. That's why I can't stop praising him. That's why I can't stop giving him glory. That's why I can't stop reading his word. That's why I can't stop doing what I'm doing for him. Hallelujah. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have fainted unless I didn't believe that I would see my breakthrough. I will see my promise come forth. I will not see that prophecy that has been spoken over my life manifest in my life. I will not see that my kids grow up to be who they're supposed to be. I will not see it. Hallelujah. Jesus. Joy is coming. Joy is coming. I'm telling you. Tell your neighbor, joy is coming. Stop the crying. Joy is coming. You cannot, you, you stand your ground. Do not allow the Lord to make, I mean, not, not allow the devil to make you turn around. You're right there. You're right there. You're right here. You're right here. You're on the goal line. Do not allow him to make you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord. Because if you don't, you will see it. You remember the stories of, uh, of Daniel? We, we don't talk about Daniel a couple of weeks now. We talked about how, how Daniel, when they told, they had the decree that no one can pray. And Daniel was like, hey, I'm standing my ground. I'm not going to stop my faith, what I do. I'm going to still pray. I'm still going to look to the hills from which will come my help. I'm still going to do that because I know where my help come from. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. Hallelujah. But I know where my help come from. So David is, I mean, Daniel is still praying. King finds out about it. The king said, I'm going to throw you into the lion's den. Daniel said, okay, let's go to the lion's den. So Daniel is right there in the lion's den, taking a nap on the lion because he stood his ground. He didn't allow what he felt or what he seen, what he felt and what he seen, he didn't allow that to stop him from doing what he's supposed to be doing. Remember, faith, 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 faith. This is faith, this is faith. All right, faith don't have nothing to do with your senses. It's, it, it's not about your, your feeling and your touching. It, it's not about that. The Bible says this. He says that he will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind. Mind stayed on him. He didn't say if you keep your hand stayed on him. He didn't say if you keep your mouth stayed on him. He didn't say if you keep your ears stayed on him. He said if you keep your mind stayed on him. Mind is not a feeling. It has nothing to do with the senses. The mind is a thinker. This is what you think. Whatever you think is lovely. Whatever you think is pure. What do you think is a good report? Think of these things. So it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. Hallelujah. See, see, when you look at a report and it says you have cancer, that's something you see. But in your mind you say I am healed. My mind says, I am healed. 
the word says I am healed. Because I have the word in my heart. It's coming out of my mouth. Guess what's going to happen? I am healed. Because faith is, has nothing to do with what I see. Don't let your problems overtake your promises. Don't let your problems overtake the word that God has given you. This is, this, that, that's how you stand in faith. You, you know you're supposed to see something better than what you see now. You know in your heart you've already seen that good thing. Because if you ain't seen it in your heart, then you're probably not going to get it. If you, you allow what you see out here greater than what you see in here in your heart, then you're already in trouble. So allow, that's why you have to grow in this word right here. You got, to, you, got to go, you, got to, you got to read in this word. You got to read in this word. You got to read in this word. Commercial break. Sore. <laughs> Commercial break. All right. That was a young man. That was a young, young man who was in high school. And he, his dad asked him, hey, son, what would you like for a graduation gift? And he said, I want a car. He said, I want a car. He said, oh, okay. And, and, and he went, his son went and showed him the car, and the car was about, about $10,000 or whatnot. And he was like, okay, all right. So after graduation, uh, the boy was all happy. He got, he got the graduation. And his, brother, his dad came and gave him a gift, and the gift was in a box. When he opened the gift up, it was a Bible. Now, before, and, and when he seen the Bible, he had a letter, had a letter. On there. And he opened the letter up and he said, Everything you need or everything you want is in the in the Bible. He said, Everything you want is in the Bible. So the man got the, the young man got mad, didn't talk to his dad again ever. Come to find out his, his dad passed, he heard that his dad passed away. Unfortunately, he didn't see his dad again. So he went to the funeral, went back to the old house, and he seen the Bible that his dad gave him. When he opened the Bible up, there was a check for $10,000. Everything he wanted was in the Bible. Now, now I'm not saying that because I'm telling you that there was, there was a check, but if you read these, if you read this word, if you read what's in here, if you need a check for $10,000, God will make sure it comes to you. If you need something for greater than that, God will make sure you go ahead. But the, the, word, the word is still, the word is still. It is still the word. Hallelujah. All right, commercial is over. All right. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, number four. Pray and help others who's going through. Pray. And I understand, hey, you're going through, you're going through situations, you're going through circumstances, but you can't stop doing what you're supposed to be doing when it comes to the word of God. You don't, you don't supposed to stop what you're supposed to be doing when God has gave you the job or the assignment that you should be praying for those others just because you're going through. If you remember Job, Job uh, 42, you know Job went through a whole bunch, but at the end of Job's story, God had to make 
him pray for his friends because his friends had, was talking about talking about the wrong thing. So, so what God told Job was, hey, you have to pray for them for them to get through. I know you're going through Job, but in order for them to get out of what they're about to get into, you have to pray for them. You have to you have to intercede for them because if you don't intercede for them, no matter what's going on in your life. Now you finna mess up somebody else's life because you don't want to intercede because you're feeling some, some, some kind of way. See, you just don't understand somebody else's life is connected to yours. So you have to make sure that you're praying when you're supposed to pray. Even when you don't feel like it, you still should be doing it, what you're supposed to do for that other person who's beside you going through. Because it's not just you. It's not just you. It's not just you. Somebody else got it worse than you do, baby. I'm telling you now. But if you pray him through, I guarantee you, God sees that. And he's like, hey, it's time to break you out. It's time for you to break forth. It's time for you to get what you're supposed to get. Hallelujah. If you look at Job's story, the Bible said this. I think he prayed for his people. That's what the Bible said. The Bible says this right here. It says that he got more than he had, double what he had before. After he prayed for his people, after he prayed for those kids, those, those ones who were talking bad about him. That was talking bad about uh, Job. That was telling Job how bad he was doing. Obviously, God, you've been doing something to God to make God, God do this to you. That's what he was saying. Jesus said this in Matthew 5 and 44. He basically said, hey, you pray for those who despitefully use you. That's, the Bible says, this is, this is Jesus. Those are Jesus' words. Can you do that? When you know you're going through, can, when you know somebody, some, some joker, I'm going to say, but some joker done mess, me, done mess with me, and now God's telling you to pray for that person who done mess with me? The reason why I'm going through it is because of that young man right there. Oh, but you want me to pray for him? You want me to intercede for them? But God, I'm going through. Who's, who's praying for me, Father? It has nothing to do with you, baby. It has to do. Listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. One thing I, I will always remember, Dad, Dad told me, Pastor told me, we was in marriage counseling. He said, he said, it doesn't matter what your wife did, did to you. It's what you do. It's what you do. When you go to them, when you go, when you go and sit before God and he's on that throne, he's not, he's not going to say, oh, it's okay because they did that to you. He's not going to say that. He's not going to say, oh, because they slapped you, you slapped them. Oh, yeah, go ahead. You got that. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to do that. He's going to look at, did you do what I asked you to do? I told you to, yeah, they slapped you, but didn't I tell you to pray for him? Or you, because they going through, you want to laugh and say, oh, that's what they get. Oh, y'all, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Yeah, yeah, what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so y'all y'all know somebody y'all done said that. Oh, that's what they get because they was messing with me first. 
They was bothering me, so I want them to get, I want them to, get to hurt too. You put this on yourself. <laughs> but, but Jesus said you don't do that. He said you pray for those. You pray for those. These are his sons and daughters. The ones who will pray when they're going through. The ones who don't mind giving, giving God all of them, interceding for that person who's going through because, hey, they need it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, because you, are in, because you are in the kingdom of God, you know that there's some sufferings what's going to go on. But there's some people who are not in the kingdom of God who's going through sufferings. You need to be praying for them, interceding for them, so they can get into the kingdom. Hallelujah. So, so, if we look at 1 Kings, remember we were talking about help those who's going through. If you look at 1 Kings 17, we talk about our brother Elijah. All right, Elijah. Elijah was told to go to Zarephath, where there would be a woman who would take care of him. At this point in time, there was a famine. So everybody's going through something. There, 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 there's everybody going through something. There's a famine, meaning that there's lack of everything. Land is dried up. But God told him to go to Zarephath. There'll be a, a widow there who will take care of him. He goes there. And he, he asked the young lady, he said, hey, can you give me some water? She said, oh, that's fine. Then, then, she's, then he said this. He said, hey, can you? And she, he asked, what's in your house? And he, she said, I got some flour, whatnot. He said, hey, can you make me a cake? First. Can you, can you give me your first? Even though you don't have a lot. Even though you know that what you do have is just enough, barely enough for you. But can you give me first part of it? First take of it? Are you at that point, of, point in your life that even though you might be going through that you don't mind giving God your first? Can you, can you, can you truly say that, hey, even though I don't have that much, I'm going to give you what I have. Because I understand this, if I give it to you, God, that you'll multiply it. Are you at that point? See, that's a, th that's a faith action. That's a faith action. The young lady said, okay, but you know, at first she was a little shaken, but she ended up doing it. And the Bible said, at the end, that the meal and the oil, so she had bread, while everybody else is in a famine, she was able to eat every day of the rest of the life. When the famine was going on, she was eating. When the famine wasn't going on, she was eating. Because she understood who was the supplier. Hallelujah. Last one. And it would be remiss if I didn't say it. Y'all know. Praise. Praise is what I do. Praise your way through. Praise yourself out. You have to. Listen, man, listen. I know a lot of people are like, why are you always talking about praise? Listen. Praise for the enemy is your weapon. Praise will confuse the enemy. Think about it. The enemy see that you're going through. The enemy see that he don't do everything at you. He see that. But he also see that you don't mind still lifting your hands, 
You don't mind still giving God praise. You don't mind still glorifying the Lord. You don't mind saying, exalt me, exalt you, Lord. I adore you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you honor. Even though you're going through. Even though it feels like you ain't going to make it. My fault, honey. You're not going to make it. Even though it seems like you're ready to give up. Even though you feel like throwing in the towel. When he sees that you are able to still raise your hand. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, if you're able to inhale, if you're able to exhale, it should be a dollar that you give God the praise. The Bible says this in, 20, uh, in 2 Chronicles, Chronicles 20 20. The Bible says that the people, the army, there were three armies coming after, after the people of God. Three armies. The Bible said that the army of God, instead of them weeping and crying, instead of them throwing their putting their heads between their tails. Instead of them giving up and giving in, instead of them doing that, they decided that they were going to lift their hands and say, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. In spite of what I'm going through right now, Lord, you're still good. In spite of what it looked like, Lord, you're still good. In spite of what I feel like, Lord, you're still good. The Bible said that it said, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. I don't care what's going on with me. God, your mercy still endures forever. And all of a sudden, because of that, the army started hearing things. All of a sudden, they thinking they get hit from side to side. They don't know what's going on with them. They don't know who's doing it. And the Bible said that they turned on themselves. And they start fighting each other because the, the praise confused the enemy. Your praise will confuse the enemy. I don't care. What's going on with you? I don't care what it look like. I don't care what it feel like. Your praise will confuse the enemy. My hand might be hurt, but I still lift my hand. My, my feet might be hurt, but I still run, run with, the Lord, with the Lord. Cause the praise confused the enemy. Your praise confused the enemy. He's trying to figure out why they still praising. I know I did this right here to him. I know I did that right there to him. I know I just did that right there to him. Why are they still able to praise me? Because he understands that because I have breath, in my lungs, I'm gonna give him the prize. I'm gonna give him the prize. Hey! Hey! I gotta praise him. 
I gotta praise him. Cause when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say his mercy endures forever. I can truly say his goodness and his mercy have followed me for the days of my life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. He's been too good. He's been too good. He's been good too good for me not to praise him. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I will praise him. I should praise him. I'm gonna praise him. For his mercy. For his mercy. For his mercy. Endure forever. 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 Just like his favor endures forever. Like his goodness endures forever. Like his love and kindness endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His joy endures forever. His peace endures forever. That's why I don't mind praising him. That's why I don't mind giving him glory. That's why I don't mind. Hallelujah. Come on now. You know you done been through some situations. You know you done been through some circumstances. You didn't know how you was going to get out of them. And you know it had to be the grace of God who had brought you out. That's why I praise. That's why I lift my hands. That's why I give him glory. That's why I honor him. That's why I exalt him. That's why I adore him. Joy coming in the morning. Joy coming in the morning. The Bible said, the Bible said, in Acts 16 and 25, said in at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying and praising. Was praying and praising. Was praying and praising. After they just got beaten. After they just got woke. After they just got thrown in jail. After they just got locked up, they were praying and praising. And they understand that when they finished praising and why they were praising, the earthquake came and sucked the foundation. Well, the Bible said the chains got broken. The jail got open. I come to tell you that your praise will shake a foundation. I come to tell you your praise will I come to tell you that God is a chain breaker. And if you praise him, he will break your chain. He'll lose you from every sickness. He'll lose you from every disease.
God to this. I can't praise him for you because I don't know what you went through. But I know what he done done for me. I know uh, he brought me out. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. That's why I don't mind praising. That's why I don't mind glorifying. Because he's been good. His goodness. His goodness. It's running after us. His goodness is running after us. His goodness is running after us. His goodness is chasing me. His goodness is bringing me down. His goodness is right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. His goodness is all over me. His goodness is all over you. His goodness. His goodness, his goodness. Though the devil may try to slay me, but yet I trust God because his goodness and his mercy is all over me. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. His goodness. His goodness. His goodness. His goodness. That's why weeping may endure for a night. It may endure for a night. But joy, joy, unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Coming. It's coming. Joy is coming. Your peace is coming. That love you're looking for is coming. That breakthrough you're looking for is coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Tell your neighbor it's coming, it's coming. What you looking for is coming. What you desire is coming. What you, what been, 